Hi everyone, welcome to a special episode where the Pendulum Show Sixty Speaks. My name is My name is Isa, and today we'll be running our first productive discourse quiz show with our honourable guests Yodin, Bamba, and Teva, host of the popular podcast The Pendulum Show. I am a huge fan of their podcast because they always provide fair discussions, and they're like a pendulum, right? You guys、mm-hmm. swing back and forth, so you provide views from both sides of the spectrum, and that's. Why it's so exciting to have them on the show? First of all, let's warm up a little bit.、Mm. Can you tell me what your different roles are in the podcast? Okay, you can describe okay, each okay. other. So Yudin is the financial backing. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so he's their、um, sugar daddy. Yes. Oh, Singapore sugar daddy. <laughs> good to be back. Good to be back. Yes. Good to be back to take care of your sugar so babies. Do I, not, do I not provide anything else? <laughs> He's also the soothing voice. Narrating <laughs> the show and, do, and nothing about my brains whatsoever. <laughs> no, 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 it's just it's just I your it. it's just your money. <laughs> exactly. Are you for、so、anything cheap right now? You know. <laughs> no, you are you are expensive. That's why you're here. <laughs> no, but I feel so what? You know what? Undervalued. Next, <laughs> next, next. I'm gonna look at you, Bamba. All right. Okay. Why don't you describe him then? Why would you call Bamba? I have nothing else to say to you. <laughs> <laughs> I think for me, Bamba is simply put the brains.、Mm. Oh, he's <laughs> the IQ oh, of the show. That's so nice of you. I、you're、know, like, right? Can't say likewise. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, okay. To be fair, Yodin is like the creative vision of the show. Like he's always coming up with ideas、yeah. of of how we can like shake things up,、uh, new content. He's also the guy who he he connects us with with a lot of people. Like most of the guests for the show. Mm. Thanks to Yodin. Did that redeem like, you? Creative direction. Yes. Okay, lah. So you would say the creative director. Yeah. Um, brains. Bamba's the brains. Yes. Yes. How about、I、you, Teva? Passenger. <laughs> <laughs> no, we can. I think Teva brings a balance. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yes. Oh, that's nice. So Teva's、yeah. the balance. So yes. Do you guys swing wildly on the other side? Like I think sometimes we、views? can. I、yeah. think we might have. Really,、uh, different ends of the spectrum, and then Teva is just like brings it together. In the oh,、yeah. he's like the glue. You're like you ground the team. Would you I, say that? I don't know. He's, now, the, but,、uh, he's uh, the apparently. The <laughs> yeah, what a modest glue. Honestly, I would say、uh, Yodin's like probably the driver of the show, lah. And Bamba is the person who makes the driving worth it.、That's、oh wow. <laughs> Okay, you know, so a driver, passenger,、uh, car. Ah,、like. uh, <laughs> there you go. I didn't even see. Why not? <laughs> She sought to spoke. Oh, okay. <laughs> Does that mean Yodin is steering me? <laughs> that what, sounds a bit wrong. Why? Yeah, why? You see, this why? is. This is Bamba is the balance I bring. Yes, yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so today with our car full of people, <laughs> we are going to learn how to have productive discourse. Something that you guys are very much used to having week after week. So what we're going to be doing is we're going to discuss about local Malaysian-based education issues,、mm. in particular vernacular schools, sex education, and financial literacy. And I feel like the only people who Can make these topics fun? Are you guys? <laughs> Because once we hear that, you're like,、oh. that's so much pressure. <laughs> so how we are? 
going to segment this episode is that for each issue, what I'm going to be doing is I'm going to give you guys my top tip for how to have productive discussions. And then the second T would be testing the tip, which my husband said sounds really wrong, but that's what we're going to be doing. We're going to be <laughs> testing the top tip that I gave you to the issue that we highlighted. So that's how the episode is going to be structured. But to make this fun... What we're going to be doing is we're going to turn this into a competition. Meaning, whoever responds to my test the top tip question first will get a point. If I find that your answers are mind-blowing, I'll give you guys a bonus and totally arbitrary two points. At the end of the episode, we will find out who is the ultimate pendulum. Of the pendulum oh, wow. show. Oh my god. Can we just give this a bar right now? That's Game over. <laughs> we want our show to continue. <laughs> so, okay. Yeah. Um, and the prize for today is <laughs> first place is we have this amazing tree, <laughs> tree cans of Coke. Mm-hmm. Second prize, we'll get one can of Coke. Um, Third prize is, I'm sorry, we ran out of Coke. So get... Times are tough, you know. So, okay, what will they get, Bamba? They will get a Pepsi Black. <laughs> <laughs> the lowest tier of all the sodas. Yes, all right. Jeez. So, with no this... calories, though. So, can you tell me what you guys have in front of you guys? What do you guys each have? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to ring the bell. Okay. So, each of them has a bell which they will ring and they will say out their name in order to get a point when I ask them the top tip. Mm. All right? So, while these boys know what issues we are going to talk about, Mm. they didn't know until now what specific questions that I'm going to ask. Mm. So, you're going to see a mix of very panic but also somehow kind of informed answers. (laughs) All right. So, let's start with the first issue. Which is vernacular schools. Mm. Alright, so my first top tip for having productive discussion is trying to always find the best version of every argument. You should never ever dismiss anyone's views. What people often do is the opposite. What they do is they find the worst version of any argument because that's so much easier, you know, to take Mm -hmm. down somebody because you find the worst version of what they're saying. So I'm sure you guys know this is called a red herring or a straw man fallacy where it's just a distraction. Mm -hmm. So this is super unproductive because then you never have discussion on the real issue because Mm -hmm. you're only taking the worst version of an argument so what we want to find out is the grain of truth behind somebody's argument and the base foundation of why they feel a certain way because once you start from there then only we can come up with the best resolution or agreement for an issue so that's my top tip uh yodin can you start out with the first context okay sure so recently Two Malay Muslim NGOs are challenging the validity of vernacular schools in the country. They have sought declarations that a number of provisions in the Education Act did not allow for the setting up of vernacular schools using Chinese and Tamil as the main languages. They said the provision in the Education Act was inconsistent with Article 152... um, Subsection. Subsection 1. Yes. (laughs) Of the federal... Brains to the rescue. Correct. I was like... <laughs> Do I get a point for that? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I was I've been watching so much of Parliament, I'm thinking, uh <laughs> wait, I'm only doing this in Malay right now. <laughs> yeah. Of the federal constitution and was therefore null and void. 
Deputy Youth and Sports Minister Senator Wan Ahmad Faisal Wan Ahmad Kamal mentioned that Parti Pribumi Bersatu Malaysia's Armada will continue to push for the abolishment of vernacular schools. He said, although the Education Act 1996, which replaced the Education Act 1961, abolished the discretion of ministers of education to close vernacular schools at any time, vernacular schools clearly have a negative perception with the common people when it when they fail to produce students who can show a strong national identity. Okay, so that's the context. Thank you, guys. So let's start with. All right, now you guys can use your bells. Let's start with a bad example. What would be a worst version? So what you just said, Keva.、Mm. What would be the worst version of this argument? So let's stretch that argument.、Um. You can ring it. <laughs> By the way, what I'm seeing is Bamba wanting to ring it, but he's like, "Let's give him a chance." To- <laughs> Jeez, Baba, you go for it, man. Go for it, lah. Go for it. <laughs> All right. I, I think I think the worst way you could frame this is that uh, people want to get rid of vernacular schools, want to make non-Malays feel uh like they're not welcome. That's the worst version of the、mm-hmm. argument that uh they they want us to feel like visitors in this in in this country, and uh and so we have to conform. That's、uh, a that's a that's a good point. So what you're saying is that. Um, they're not part of what he's saying is、yeah. that we need to, you guys need to assimilate. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, yeah, I understand. Oh, that's that's a good、yeah. point. One point for you. Why do you think that he feels this way? Like, why do you think that he feels the need to have a political party back the abolishment of? I don't know. We have quite a number of these schools. Um, I have a lot of students who are from Chinese schools as、yeah. well. So why do you think he thinks this is important? Okay,、uh, <laughs> Yudin, yes. I mean, I think、um, now is a is a rising trend that <clears throat> there are also a mix of students、mm. of different cultural backgrounds going into vernacular schools, right? And they actually maybe even become better rounded students、mm. because you have. Okay, so even despite the notion of national、uh, national curriculum schools existing to create a national u- identity or unity, but if there are different cultures going into vernacular schools, actually being exposed to each other's languages, I think that's also a better way, or maybe an alternative way, to actually create a stronger sense of unity. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point.、Um, do you think that his concern is legitimate, though? Like, what is the problem with the vernacular schools? Why does he say that it affects national unity?、Mm. I think that there's, I think that there's a legitimate concern that、uh, we have a national language for、mm. a reason, right?、Mm. And to me, the reason is we need to have like a common baseline where everybody can have discussions, right? I can relate、mm. to each other. Yeah. There's very few things that we share in in common amongst everybody in this country. Like everybody's different religions, different cultures, and so on. So it is the few things are like our institutions and our language. And so, if the vernacular schools are not doing a good job of of creating students who are fluent in the national language, yeah,、uh, yeah, that is. I think that's a legitimate cause for concern. Mm, so you think that by going to vernacular schools, the appreciation for the national language is reduced, or the importance of national language is diluted? Yeah. Would you say it also counts for? Okay. Yes. We'll get. We'll carry your point. Yes. Would you? Would you say? Uh. Would you say that also encourages segregation? 
I would say so, definitely. I mean, if the medium, um, the main medium used in the school is not the national language. And across the board, if you're having Tamil, Chinese, and national schools, I feel like that's already... And even when you add in um, other factors into it as geography, right? Mm. Socioeconomic areas where there's different levels of income and so on. That's already... As because with the education systems being so federalized, so centralized, there's already a level of disparity yeah. that exists. Yeah. So when you add a cultural, um, when a cultural element to it as well, and with the mode of language or the the medium is specific towards a group of people, and different groups of people are speaking in languages that are different yeah. from one another, yeah. it just breeds more. Uh, inequality even in sense of the quality of students that the schools are being produced so that's why like you see like Malay students are going into Chinese schools because they want to be excelling better right Because and that's also the common perception that people mm. people get that's a good point that there's a perception that Chinese schools are better than national schools right yeah okay what do you think do you think this by the way mind-blowing answer so I'm giving two points <laughs> alright what do you think Teva like do you think these sentiments carry forward to university let's say if you go to a national school yeah. if you go to a Tamil school do you think they will start you know finding friends within the same race even yeah. when they go to university despite not having any Tamil universities or yeah you're right um, so I can speak on um, I've had this conversation with my dad once um, about Tamil schools what he said was I think that I and and I think what he said was quite like I think it's public sentiment which which seemed to suggest that um the reason why they would push their kids like my my younger sister she went to a Tamil school oh okay yeah um I, I think f- uh, my parents are a bit different lah because um all three of us went to different types of vernacular schools my brother is in a Chinese school oh. I went to a national school right what is this like an experiment ah uh, yeah something like that. <laughs> Yeah. So, well, um, so you have legit experience with yeah, this, yeah. all right? Um, with my, with my, with my, for my sister's point, right? Um, they they sent her to a Tamil school because they didn't want her to lose at least somebody in the family, not to lose the language. Oh. Because um. So you're a lost cause. Yeah, something like that, lah. You went to a what school? National school. Okay. Right. So the sentiment that he he always tries to propagate is the fact that. Um, if we were to send, if we were not to um, support these uh, vernacular schools, especially Tamil schools, we would lose our own culture, mm. right? And I don't know whether that's a that's a good way of going about, uh, you know, um, instilling the, a sense of culture in your children, lah. <laughs> but um, he says it's a point, and um, but that's the thing. Like a lot of people attach their. A, a lot yeah. of weight to their culture and their identity and the fact that they feel like vernacular schools is still needed in order to maintain mm. this culture shows volumes to how we don't really or maybe in reality we don't make people feel comfortable yeah. mm-hmm. or safe in practicing their values to the point where your parents felt the need to send one child yeah. to maintain the culture but speaking on your brother how is he doing in the vernacular in Chinese um, vernacular schools? He is... Of course, um, in his class at least, he's one of the only Indian um, boys, right? And uh, <laughs> how does that feel? It's not that it's not as bad as uh, it used to be. Like um, in the past, I, I had some friends in Catholic high, um, and they were Indians as well. And it was like one person in a class, and nobody else, you know. And really? Then, yeah, it was quite bad. Um, so, so he has a few friends who are Indian and are some Malays, 
and uh, he's he's doing quite well. Uh, he, he's a bright kid. Not, there's nothing to do with okay. <laughs> culture in itself. But <coughs> see, um, I feel like if we were to abolish vernacular schools, then uh, these national schools need to have some form of like um, maintaining. Upgrading, upgrading, making it at yeah. on par, right? If not, uh, your parents wouldn't even send your yeah. brother to a Chinese school. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I think that I th- I don't think most parents um send their kids. By the way, four points for personal experience. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, no, it was really good. All right, yes. Personal experience. <laughs> for personal experience. This is the touch that we need. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's like, whoa, suddenly quiet, right. quiet. Yeah. I have all experiences. <laughs> Chinese national <laughs> Tamil schools. Thanks, thanks, mom. <laughs> thanks, Dad. <laughs> Bro, I'm going for the Pepsi. Right? You can go. <laughs> Sorry, you were saying, yes? Yeah, I mean, a lot of parents don't. Uh, if it's segregating, I don't think that there's a reason that parents send their children there. Like he said, one of the reasons is uh, to preserve their mm. identity mm-hmm. and culture. Another reason we should also mention, like, is is the fact that the perception is national schools aren't up to the mark yeah. when compared to the vernacular schools. They view that the performance in vernacular schools are a lot better. So, like, the objection which they always raise when you talk about closing the vernacular schools is not so much about the culture, but oh, if you made the national schools better, I would send yeah. my kids there. Yeah. Do you think that culture point would still stand though? Like, do you think if the national schools were at par with, let's say, Chinese schools? Do you think that they would still find the need to send, for example, your sister yeah. because of the cultural point, or do you think the cultural point is not really a big issue? You see, that 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 point of the argument uh, argument holds some weight because, um, as I said, my my sister she went to a Tamil school, right? Mm-hmm. When she um when she's in university now, right? And even in university, they stick to their own group, lah. So the mm-hmm. Indians will stick to themselves, the Chinese would stick to themselves. Then what's the point, right? Yeah, end, yeah, right? yeah, that's true. Do you think abolishing vernacular schools even creates better national unity or do we get backlash? What do you guys think? You guys can use the bell, yeah. <laughs> Please use the bell. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think yeah, I think what what you mentioned is the backlash, right? Mm. I think it will just create more resentment. Mm. Yeah. Because uh sometimes it, there's a feeling amongst minorities, whether it's here or elsewhere, that they are very resistant to a majority taking something away from them. Mm. And so, like, abolishing vernacular schools would feel like you're taking it away uh, from them. And I, I don't see how that contributes to, you know, uh, I agree. Two points. I agree. <laughs> Nobody cares about the points, but I, I'm just <laughs> taking it down. Yes, yes, yes. Do you uh, want to ring the bell? <laughs> actually, just to add to his point, I think it... Again, it's it seems a little bit unconstitutional for me because it's again, unconstitutional little, to abolish seems, something that other people think is it, unconstitutional. Again, it's just because um, you're getting rid of choice here, mm. element of choice, and Ooh, also that's true. And also, the purpose of religious schools and even international schools they exist. I mean, for particularly for a reason, right? Um, mm. There's a gap. There must be a gap. There's right? a there's a gap. Yeah, and of you know, um, there's certain. Um, institutions for example you know even um, in religious schools I mean I think most people just assume like Islamic mm-hmm. um, religious schools right but there are also other kinds of schools that yeah. we attend you know like the Sunday school for example even though it's just like a class once a week right mm. but it it I don't think it should conflate or mix with the with the national curriculum that we're 
we're talking about here because that alone it should it's a choice that someone can make yeah everyone yeah. is has a right to education when you go into primary secondary education there is that but religious can also be religious education is secondary or an option alternative as well and but abolishing it again is going against free choice free will i love that principle choice and constitutional point of view two mm. points <laughs> but look, i wanted to discuss a little bit about this idea of backlash mm. why do you think that there will be backlash because i feel like if people were kind of like happy mm. and unified that if this was for a national cause to so that there'll yeah. be better unity the yeah. fact that there it'll cause the inverse yeah. which is a yeah. backlash is crazy to me so why do you think that people will feel like there this is going to be an affront to their identity does it seem like a propaganda <laughs> i think i think I'm, that the national sense is 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 lacking uh, in in the first place like the <coughs> when when you talk about like uh, a feeling of belonging right mm. uh for for many people they don't they don't have that that feeling of belonging and instead they have a feeling of um being threatened in mm. some way like you know identity being threatened like we talked a bit about this in the identity yeah. politics yes. oh yeah episode. do you want to plug that in already <laughs> nah, <it's fine. laughs> no let, let, let's do that okay. that was a good episode um episode which which episode was it uh, the one Hannah's one right yeah. yes yeah. yes episode number 28 yeah 28. like the centrality of identity right is very hard to to break and then you need to offer a some you you need to offer something a better version of mm. that like yeah. uh and so a lot of maybe a lot of minorities may feel that they're not being offered an equal equal standing in in the in this society and mm. so they cling on to their their old uh, identity old uh, cultures and at the same time like modern life has a very um assimilating trend like because people move around a lot mm-hmm. uh, much more than they used to in the past and all over the world like we see like uh, minority languages and cultures sort of disappearing and being like assimilated into yeah. this new the like majority. globalized world right yeah mm. and it, it, it happens not just here like even in Europe also like in Britain they had so many uh, local languages and dialects and all of them are disappearing and and people uh, feel like they're losing something which they can never uh, get back I mean, even for 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 me also, my my parents spoke English to me in the home, yeah. and so I never picked up uh, Tamil, and my children will never speak Tamil as well. But don't say that, lah. <laughs> I mean, likely, likely. I mean, the, the, I'm I'm talking about the likelihood of it because I can't, I don't speak Tamil. Maybe yeah. I could pick pick it up, but it's not something mm. that I use would use on yeah. a daily basis, right? And so, like, part of my culture is is disappearing, and so. Yeah. Wow, that's so <laughs> profound. Oh my god. That was like three points. I don't <laughs> even know how to score that. <laughs> But I wanted to. I'm going to ask a controversial question. Yeah. So, with your children, would you send them to Tamil schools? Would you teach them Tamil? Uh, send them to Tamil school a bit too far, lah. <laughs> But Tamil classes, maybe. Ah, okay. Yeah. Okay. I mean, again, so would I send them to Tamil school? Highly doubtful. If Again, because the perception of is the quality of education yeah. there. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so right? it's more of quality. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But would you be angry personally mm. if somebody if this suit was successful and vernacular schools were abolished? Yeah, would you personally no. be angry? I I think I, I, I would, would be, be angry. angry. Really? Yeah. So you would I be angry even if you won't send your kids to Tamil school. I think so this know, is the gap, me, you know, from, like from a political point. I think it's uh, if. Even before before independence, right? They 
uh, especially Chinese, the mm. Chinese um, were so adamant on um, keeping the vernacular schools mm. is because they didn't want their political interests as a group in Malaysia to be diluted. So, yeah. and so on, if you actually abolished it, sooner or later, maybe not the, the next 10, 20 years after independence, but later, that um, sooner or later, their interests won't be taken into account. Mm. Yeah. So it might reduce the standing. It it it's, it stands for something yeah. for them. Like yeah, exactly. Yeah. And for you also. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I completely agree. Like even though some policies may not directly affect you, yeah. it is still important for you to care and fight for these policies, <coughs> even if it doesn't affect you directly. Because too many people, oh, it doesn't affect me. Especially young, some young people nowadays, yeah. so they, they yeah. become apathetic. So even when you're not affected by vernacular schools. You'll personally feel angry, yeah. angry yeah, if yeah, somebody yeah. were to take another thing away from you guys. Yeah. All right. So that's the test, the tip. You guys did a good job. Yeah. Too yeah, good of a job, tip. actually. I, I think we, we ended that with Yodin, five points, Bamba, seven points, Teva, four points. All, all right. right. The second issue, all, all right, of right. uh, baby dumping and sex education. So on this issue, I wanted to talk about developing common ground because something that's really useful when you want to have productive discourse is to not highlight the differences between people, but instead find our commonalities, seek to, seek to speak about what unites us rather than divides us. So this can be done by sharing our common values, outcomes, uh, results, that we would like so when you start from this basis of agreement it helps parties address each other's concerns and comes to a compromise easier so this would be a method the best method to get stakeholder buy-in for a new policy or proposal so with this in mind in mind let's start with the sticky problem of teenage pregnancies and baby dumping bamba can you enlighten us so from 2010 to May 2019 there have been 1010 recorded cases of baby dumping According to a 2015 survey backed by the health ministry, 35% of Malaysian female youth believe that having sex for the first time does not lead to a pregnancy, and 1 in 5 Malaysians believe that STIs could be transmitted by mosquitoes. <laughs> Surprising. <laughs> Statistics show that around 14 in every 1,000 underaged girls in Malaysia fall pregnant every year, which adds up to an average of 18,000 girls per year. That's crazy. There are various methods proposed to solve this problem, but the solution most discussed in the overhauling of sex education currently taught in school. While there is no specific subject entitled sex education in, in Malaysian schools, the Ministry of Education introduced the Reproductive and Social Health Education, PEERS for short, in 2011, which is covered by Physical Education, Moral Science and Islamic Studies textbooks. Yodin, is there anything you want to say? However, a 2011 <laughs> study on sex education by the University Kebangsaan Malaysia or UKM on peers concluded that while around 85% of the respondents had received sex-related education, it lacked clarity and was so vague that it simply failed to serve as a source of guidance for the students. Most were only taught biology and abstinence. However, no attempts have been made to revise sex education in Malaysia to include things like consent, contraception due to huge pushback from religious groups, parents, and even teachers. 
All right. Uh, thank you for <laughs> highlighting this very impromptu and totally unscripted <laughs> yes. pieces of facts. <laughs> I, I was going through all the facts in my head. <laughs> all right. So we see that there's a problem here. Mm. We see a high amount of teenage pregnancies and a high amount of baby dumping, which is really sad because 64% of the babies found um, don't actually make it. Um, and we see that there is sex education, but it is lacking. Yeah, mm. It's lacking for a while now, for nine years, but nothing is done. So we'll start with the stakeholders here. So mm. who are the people? Why are we getting pushed back? So what I find from this issue is that we have a lot of religious groups as well as parents and also teachers. If you look at the UKM study, they said that teachers actually feel embarrassed and ashamed to teach sex education. So mm. they really skirt the issue. Yeah. So they they do it as in a like really scientific way, but mm -hmm. a big part of sex is not scientific. Yes. It's um, human social interactions. Social interaction. And also somehow a lot of parents feel like if you have proper sex education in school, somehow it encourages... Incentivizes people to have more yeah. sex. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so we have all of these sentiments... And that's the reason why it's being pushed, like nothing is done on it. Mm. Why do you think that people feel this way? Or why do you think that this is an issue? Okay, let's start with why is this problematic? That we don't... Okay, whoa! Tim. <laughs> All right, that's Teva, yes. Uh, which question should I answer first? Why is it problematic? Uh? Yeah, okay, let's go for that. Uh, why is it problematic? The, I mean, that's it's already in the... The proof is in the pudding, right? <laughs> Correct or not? What? Um, what? Four points right there. Yeah. Sixty-five <laughs> percent of uh, babies don't make it, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's insane enough, no? And uh, I think, I think why, especially um, the point that you brought up, right, about teachers being embarrassed of teaching. I mean, if you look back, they were, they were probably brought up that way. Mm. In a sense, it's so it's same a culture cycle thing. repeating itself. Yeah, yeah. What culture is this? What what culture do you think that is? Um, they have this. Especially with Malaysians, life, you mm. know, there's this entire thing about how uh, it's like a modesty thing, right? So mm. you don't speak about sex in public. You don't. Um, you don't speak about it. It doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and and even with parents as well, they mm. they would rather not bring it up Did at all. Did you have mm -hmm. this conversation with your parents? Yeah, I, I mean, my parents have never told me anything about this, lah. So, so now you learn yourself, right? Mm. Yeah, but um, compared to Western <laughs> societies where. Mm. They're much more open mm. when speaking about things like sex. I mean, birds and the bees, right? Um, yeah. So I think. Uh, why do you think your parents? Religions. Yeah. Why do you think your parents don't teach you? Why do I think my parents don't teach mm. me? Uh, I think because their parents didn't teach them either. So <laughs> they think vicious yeah, cycle. Uh, vicious cycle, mm. right? No. Yeah. yeah uh, okay. Wait. Know. Three points for personal experience. <laughs> All I talk he, he comes from behind. Why have those I don't know, man. <laughs> uh, but I think that part of it is that uh, everybody has got different taboos mm. around yeah. sex in this country. And Can you give me an example of that taboo? Like, for example, like some people think that sex before marriage is okay, and then some people think that it's a big no no. Mm. Um, uh, multiple sexual partners and uh, whether contraception is okay, whether contraception is not okay. Yeah. yeah. And so it's very hard when you talk about sex education, it's very hard to decide what version of sex education you're going to give. It's acceptable. It's, yeah. Mm. It's acceptable. That appeals to everybody's um, what conservative 
yeah. sentiments. Yeah, yeah, both ways. I mean, like everyone's conservative uh, sentiments, or yeah. those who are more liberal. So, and it's very hard to find a version of sex education that meets everybody's criteria. Yeah, but isn't the isn't just the propagation of information about sexual education enough, regardless of sentiment? Yeah, but what what is that education composed of? Like, what are you teaching children? Like, and that, and this is where parents will have mm. objections because, like, I mean, the what would be. What then? What do you think would be an objection to like what part of sex education do you think parents will be against? Mm. Like, because I also don't know. Like, I don't know what in what part of sex education that encourages sex. Is it the idea of curiosity, the fact that you're putting something on a table that was not mm. otherwise on the table now something that they can look for? Mm. Uh, is it one, is it indirectly sort of condoning it? In yeah. a way. I don't oh, know. Wait, wait. It, Two yeah. points, sorry. Yes, okay. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if it's condoning it, but uh okay, for example, like uh contraception, right? Hmm. It seems uh, uncontroversial. But then for some parents they would feel that uh contraception reduces the risk involved with sex. And so therefore does it make it more likely that mm. you know? Yeah. So so that is one one way that they may object, I think. It maybe it, it's like it's as if like why are you giving them more tools to actually have sex would you say this is a tool i mean like for to example if providing safely, contraception to, right to provide to do it safely to right? do it safely yes but then it feels like it's in a way it's aiding the it's aiding them towards making this decision easier for them yeah right mm. it's possible i think that's but do you I, think okay yeah. go on sorry like um i i I mean, those are good arguments, but One like uh, the my 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 the biggest point is, regardless of whatever, these kids are gonna do what they want to do, you know. Yes. <laughs> Speaking from experience. No, I mean, <laughs> let's be honest, lah. Right? Mm. They would definitely just do what, regardless, right? It's it's natural, no? Yeah. I actually, mean, clearly, it's happening based on. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah. happening. So you, don't... you can you can keep your your you know your arguments, your sentiments, whatever. It, People still do it. <laughs> that's okay, no, not stopping I, that, I, right? That's absolutely true. Let's start with that common ground. Let's mm. start let's start listing down commonalities. Mm. Things mm. that we can agree happen regardless. Because I believe that even here on the table, all four of us have very different views on sex ed. Mm. Mm. So we agree that kids will have sex regardless. Yeah. Yes. All right? Maybe not a majority of them, but a portion of them. Yeah. Maybe like Teva. A good <laughs> chunk of them. <laughs> a good <laughs> chunk of them. And that's where we grew good up. Good job, bro. <laughs> No, no, I mean, I'm just saying, like, yeah. especially with, like, um, um, I guess where I grew up, mm. it's quite common, no? Yeah, yeah, yeah. National schools? <laughs> national schools, uh, this one you must ask your name, national schools. National schools. Yes. <laughs> Alright, what, what other um, things that we can agree on? Mm. Like, can we agree on, if not contraceptions? Mm. Do you think consent is important? Of course. of course. Of course. Do you think consent is something that they would be against? Would you, do you see as anything? As in people. The stakeholders. As in, yeah, stakeholders. Do you think parents will be against consent? Against consent? Yeah, against teaching least. consent. Do you think ah. that condones sex? Ah. No, I don't, th- I, I don't think that that's something that anyone would object to. Yeah, so maybe it's something that we can include. There were mm. talks about including things like Consent, sexual harassment, mm-hmm. um, to go in the education system, uh, system next year in 2021. But I don't mm. know if that is implemented. They should start with that definitely. Yeah, because right. I, 
consent sure. is so important like yeah. and yeah. because we yeah. don't have um a proper sexual harassment bill yeah like the lines get really blurred yes is there any other aspects of sex education you think that everybody could agree on if I think that when you talk about common ground, right? I think a common ground for everybody can agree that this baby dumping is a serious mm, problem. And yes, yeah. we should we should reduce that and and reduce like uh, children unborn out of uh, wedlock, right? Because that that makes it more likely that this this sort of thing will continue to happen. And so, if you start mm-hmm. on that basis where we can agree on that, and then uh, mm. take take it forward with like practical solutions. Yeah, mm. yeah. that's mm. interesting. F- for you to say because everybody agrees that baby dumping is obviously wrong but yeah it, yeah yeah is yeah, that a common ground for you what do you think yeah 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 it's a common ground it's it's something maybe we can have baby hatchets we do have baby hatchets yeah, we do, we do. yeah, yeah, yeah. we do have baby hatchets that's yeah. something that we can mm-hmm. uh, find so I hope that if not though I still think contraceptions I feel like it's something that we should all agree on mm. it's just unfortunate that we don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I'm glad that you guys also agree that um, consent is something that we should all have. Yeah, of course. Have. All right. Let's look at the points first. So, Yodin, 10 points. Um, mm. Bamba, 9 points. Teva, 7 points. Very close, actually, you guys. Yeah. All right. So, let's have a discussion on <laughs> on the stakeholders. I want to ask this uh, question of like, do you think all stakeholders are equal? Meaning that, mm. do you think the views of the parents should be viewed as equally or given enough mm. equal weight than maybe the views of teachers? The views of the teenagers themselves. Nobody asks the teenagers uh, very what nice they want. Way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What do you guys think? I, I think the parents' views should probably come first. Like At the end of the day, it's the parents who have the right to raise their children as, as they see fit. And I don't think that it is the right of anybody else to override a parent's um uh yeah to to override a parent in how the their children are. Then what child. if what so if I argue? Point. Then why don't you if you believe that why don't you teach it to your child instead of giving it to the teacher? Yeah, that's true. This we can just hope that parents um do have their children's interests in mind yeah. above and beyond what maybe their religious as well as conservative values because I would see I, mean, I wouldn't say that these values contraception are contraception not cheap though as well right yeah <laughs> not cheap no, I think we're gonna start um, with everybody that everybody doesn't wanna agree mm, nobody knows what's the price <laughs> <laughs> not cheap right yeah, not no cheap. no at, um, you, at KK I don't know how much the going rate is <laughs> Hey, would you like to end like ringgit, right? What? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> My mind is, is that is, is that the <laughs> wait, is that the brand? Personal experience. Kiki, what is it? Okay, I was like, I thought you meant Kiki Man. I thought you meant Kiki Man too. Exactly. Sorry, he's the doctor. Okay, I think you. I'm sorry, but I I've never had anyone go to clinic kesehatan to get contraceptive. Yeah. Um. So there are specific clinic kesehatans. The ones I, the one I know for a fact is uh KK Charas. See. The education or awareness education, on this fact yeah. is yeah. missing. Yeah, yeah, true. we they yeah. don't know where to get this. You mm. know, yeah, I was just gonna make fun of you and say that you know whoever <laughs> all the girls every with Teva now you know how much a dollar the one. No, no, but that's good. Inf- what else did they provide? Like, uh, is so it just um co- what kind of contraceptives? I mean, other than condoms? yeah, um, so um, when you go to places, not all KKs. Mm-hmm. Some KKs are specified for um. Um, sexual health 
right? They have sexual health clinics, lah. What seriously? Yes. Like, oh, wow. like with KK Chiras, so you have um, HIV testing, you have uh, STI testing, you have the treatment plans for STI as well as HIV. It's all one ringgit. All one ringgit. And these are, so these are government institutions, government right? So why isn't this been more publicized? In Is a way? it because it has to be reported? Like, let's say you get an STI. I know mm-hmm. HIV, you got a, HIV, you have, uh, a national reported, registry, yeah. right? Not STI. Not, not STI. Not okay, STIs. okay. I just but thought. yeah, so uh, in on on contraceptives, so you have like um, the pill mm. as well as they, they can provide condoms. Also. Like even morning after pills? Yeah, they oh, do. Damn, that's One expensive. Ringgit One ringgit. Okay, guys, you, you know where to go on stock up. Chulas damn far. When you go to KK, it's always one ringgit at the end. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. Counter, that's true. Right? It's only always one ringgit. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's true. That's true. Mm. Okay, guys, that's great. We ended at a very educational note, which brings us to wow, everybody's equal 10 points, 10 points, 10 points. Wow. Uh, simply because I, we got a top tip that came in very late. <laughs> that was a top tip. <laughs> Tip. Don't go to KK Mart, go to KK Cheras. <laughs> Don't go to KK Cheras. Come on, come on. You have to go to the KK specified hi, area. Um, hi, I've been huh? told by someone called Teva that there's condoms here. I think so. No, but uh, no, you can't go to you can't go to KK Cheras per se lah. It depends on where you where live. Where you stay. Yeah, yeah, yeah where you oh, stay. Oh, right, yeah, right. right. Okay, so let's go on to the next issue which is less... Um, yeah (laughs) financial literacy all right so the last thing that i'm going to um, talk about is my last top tip which is about looking at the bigger picture in order to tackle ideas not people so we obviously love to point the blame and we love to target individuals because that's easy to do so for example when najib was prosecuted he had all of his followers waiting outside the court and we all laugh at them but we don't think about why are they there Mm -hmm. why are they so supportive of somebody who has cost us so much money so instead of looking at these individuals and instead of descending into arguments about people we look at the views instead because while speaking to someone with opposing views you also tend to associate that person with their views that you hate so it's harder to have a conversation with that person because you resent them for their views but then you got to ask yourself why do these people have these views all right who is instigating these views is it society their values politicians usually it's never one party at fault but rather a whole system or institution has failed them causing them to feel a certain way so let's look at a problem and then the bigger picture so teva what's the issue that we have now so a 2015 bank nagara malaysia survey shows Three out of four Malaysians found it difficult to raise a thousand ringgit for an emergency. Statistics from the police department showed that there were 1,883 cases related to financial scams recorded from 2015 up to the first quarter of 2017, totaling up to a loss of up to 379 million ringgit. From 2015 to 2019, 85,000 people who are bankrupt are those aged 25 years and below. Mm. Are Malaysians financially literate? Popular sentiment is that the government is not doing enough to raise wages or the older generation get easily fooled or that younger people are stupid with money. (laughs) (laughs) Mm. Mm. Do you think this is the case? Because you always see like old people getting scammed by love scams, Uh, Macau scams, and then you're getting young people taking personal loans, getting bankrupt. So why do you think our people are not financially literate? Do you think it's an age thing? 
Hmm. It's not even our education I think, system. I think financial uh-huh. literacy is bad like across all age groups. Yeah, mm. I would yeah. say so. So mm. it's not really an age thing but rather... I, th- um, I think I think part of it is that like a lot of these um, opportunities and financial mm. instruments, things like that, like were not available to our parents' generation or to the generation before that, and also and and so our parents are not may, may not be so familiar, and technology makes possible scams, frauds, mm. and and things which again like more ten years ago maybe also was not yeah. possible, and uh, so. Yeah, people just haven't learned to deal with this. I think that is That's something that point. will go away with time. But yeah. do, do you think it's because government doesn't give us enough money? What do, you, do you think that's the case? Like, do you think that that sentiment is true? The mm. government is not providing enough money as in... As in like, um, because we don't have enough income, uh, yeah. we look to quick fixes. We we take all of these loans in order to oh. have the lifestyle that we want. Do you I, think that's okay? I, mean, I, I don't think so. I, don't I, I agree. Yeah. I think yeah. Even if you give more money, no. we'll just yeah. lose the money. Eh? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> No, I think that greed is always there. Yeah. Like mm. greed, it's more that greed is the... It's, when it comes to these scams, right? Like get-rich-quick schemes in particular. Mm. Uh, mm. Right? Uh, it, it is, it's not so much that uh, I don't have enough income. It's that I have an opportunity to make this much or so, I think, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, And so the motivation is, is, is greed. Like, I'm, I mean, it's, greed is not like uh, you're a bad person because you have greed. Everybody has... Mm. It's a natural human impulse, yeah. right? And so when you're given an opportunity to give expression to it, uh, a lot of people will, yeah. will take yeah. it, especially yeah. if you yeah. don't consider the facts. Yeah. And yeah. regardless, I mean, um, with these scams, right? Okay, what do you consider a scam? Is MLM a scam? You tell me. Mm. Right? Mm. It's, it's, it's so well-structured, like... M-Way, take M-Way, right? Yeah, that's yeah. it. <laughs> so M-Way, yeah, right. you're right, you're right. Yeah. Many people fall for it. Fall for it, is that even is that even counted? Can I say, do mm. people fall for it? Some people make a lot of money. Depends you know. if which end of yeah. the pyramid you are. Yeah. <laughs> so, you see, yeah, and yeah. it's properly shrouded with so many types of mm. information, right? I, I don't know. I, I don't think people who are financially literate or so will mm. be able to safeguard against things like that. Yeah. You know? Yeah, because people think it's connected to your intelligence, yeah. meaning that smart people will get fooled. But Which that's is not, not true, right? That's not mm. true. Yeah. Because of the point that you brought up, yeah. no matter how smart you are, yeah. if you're greedy, yeah. you will take... That clouds the, all your judgment. You're yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Wow, two points. <laughs> <laughs> yes, do you want to catch up? Yeah. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Alright, why do you think um, that... Because statistically, older people do get scammed more when it comes to not just Macau scam. Okay, this, uh, do you I'm know how sure. to explain the Macau scam? Does anybody... I, I'm not sure about the Macau the scam. scam in, yeah, but okay. I, yeah, I know... Yeah. I, one that I've heard from a few people mm. uh, is you get a phone call where they say that you have uh, you have some court cases against you or you've been implicated in smuggling and, uh, you know, uh, don't worry. It, they claim to be from the police and then they ask you to, to transfer this amount of money so that they can pay off the fine and lower rate mm. for you and get you insurance and things like that. Yeah. Do you, is that Macau's scam? I don't, I, know, I, I, I don't know. Because I thought, I, I, I could be wrong, but I thought that, yes, you're right, that and like things like you have a package, yeah. you have a loan yeah. that somebody mm-hmm. took, you know, it's that kind of calls and then you have those sort of scams and then you have what, love scams, right? Can yeah. you, you can explain what that is. Love scams is the one where uh, they come up with, so, so like, uh, I'm the prince of it. 
<laughs> uh, lonely old people mm. like you know they find these um uh, profiles online and then um they befriend these profiles and then they get into a relationship and then suddenly How do this they steal person money? is asking for money to um let's say they, they they say things like oh i want to come to your country oh i no, need yeah, flight tickets give, mm. give me some money for flight tickets i'm financially um I'm not independent. Not independent. I need some money. Hmm. Very easy one. Very easy. Uh. Yeah, oh, you oh, love for anything. Okay, what? Very easy. Wow, it's wow. fear. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, we can see that you've got skills. Ah, but right. like, but why do you think that older people are targeted for those kind of scams? Is it because huh. of um, literacy or? Well, that's a good point. Um, they have more money. Yeah, because EPF, right? EPF. Yeah, the yeah. moment you reach sixty, sixty, yeah. you get your whole EPF mm. already. So of course they easy. Right? They have, but I mean, even despite that, uh, I guess as a group, you just make a generalization that you expect the level of naivety to be higher. Yeah, I thought that's the case. As you go older, you're you're more aware. You're more, or do you think it's because of the? I mean, I think it would be different between. Literacy. When we are at that age mm. versus the people of that age now. Oh, no, yeah. You think we at that age would also be susceptible? I don't think, I don't think so. I think that in this case, right, it's not just the naivety, you know. Like mm. a lot of them, like the love camp, for example, like old people nowadays tend to be a lot more lonely than... Mm. No, it's true, oh, it's okay, true. Okay, okay. No, I mean, it's true because like they don't, like their children have moved to the city to work. Mm. Like I've, I've heard of yeah. cases like this so and like nobody is at home with them mm. and you know, maybe the other spouse has died and and like before, like the, the whole extended family like lives like yeah. door mm. to door next now to each other the, and now they are separated family. by they're all everybody is so separated and so there's like a, like an epidemic of, of loneliness right like mm. people have yeah. talked about this you know yeah. wow that's such huh. a good point one point but is loneliness enough to just like so, I mean I don't know obviously no, no, but, know. but that's scams, a, yeah, with, then that's a problem because it doesn't matter how financially literate you are yeah yeah yeah. Then you that, will always another, feel that's true. the need to give money to this distant person who is your soulmate. <laughs> yeah. Like how do we then how do we solve this issue of like because then I think it's so easy for government to sort of wash their hands because they'll be like, there's nothing we can do. Um do you think increased enforcement is better or do you think financial increasing financial literacy is better in this instance? I think enforcement yeah, is enforcement. the best. Enforcement like, is better. The, yeah, like you hear some of these scans, like you wonder how is it so easy for for them to get away with it, right? Like mm. you consider that you when you set up a bank account, you need to have your registration information. How is it that you can't track these people down? Like after the fact, it's impossible to find them. It doesn't. Mm. It doesn't really uh, make sense, right? There are some loopholes which they are exploiting. Uh, surely, better enforcement now that everything is electronic, e- electronically monitored. You should be able to track these people but down. But why is it not then? Why I, is it? Why is enforcement? I feel the other way around. I feel they should at least have. There should be both mm. as financial literacy. I think because then you have the young people, right? Who yeah. are who but are, I also feel with with technology itself, right? People mm. can get more creative around it as well, and you know. <clears throat> So as time goes on, I'm pretty sure scammers get more and more creative. Mm. They might even abuse technology in, with, into their favor. So at least if you're aware of understanding p- potential signals of what 
the least the maybe mm. something that is seems suspicious at least question it you know mm. have that ability in your mind to go to that thought process to question could this be a potential scam and then you can do your own check and you can maybe perhaps call the bank and see is this for real and so on and so forth so i think you should start with that but also definitely enforcement is very yeah, much needed because I, i feel that they're not really playing on your lack Good of point. of literacy financial literacy as much as they're like playing on your emotions or manipulating you uh with, like like he said like you can always come up with a new way to yeah. to run a scam mm. right and so if if you close up one avenue they will find another one like mm. yeah so there's so been fraud from from time immemorial right yeah. so yeah It's not so much to do with financial literacy right at that point. No. Yeah, that's that's the thing because I would see, see that, that common that sense. This is common sense. No, no ah, yeah, because ah, I it, critical it, thinking. Critical thinking. Yeah, so like sex education is controversial because a lot of people disagree with how it should be taught. Yeah. But financial literacy is something that everybody agrees mm. is important, but there is no real not that I know of concerted effort to provide like a I don't know an education or national skill kind of financial literacy program in schools. Yeah. yeah. Um and that's why I'm wondering is it because they think it's not a literacy problem but rather an enforcement problem. So that's what I wanted to get at like mm. whether or not it is an enforcement problem or is it a financial literacy problem. So you think it's an sorry you being bamba thinks that it is an enforcement problem. You think it's also you meaning you did <laughs> or think it's a uh, um it's a literacy. little bit of both. What mm. about what about you Teva? Uh. Uh, right. I think it's a literacy problem as well. Mm. Like um, enforcement, um, I don't think is very is very easy to enforce these things because uh, you plug one hole and then they make another There's hole. Another you know, hole. it's imp- mm. it's impossible to completely um stop there. But if you have like what Yodin said, alluding to Yodin's point, how you have signals and like prompts for you to understand. Okay, this if it's too good to be true, it probably isn't right. Very mm. easy, though. but yeah. for some reason. That's true. Yeah. That's a good point. All right. Then let's look at the other spectrum of people who are young and they're getting bankrupt so early. I mean, you look at below 25 years, yeah. they're already taking loans, credit cards, they're taking loans for weddings, going oh, overseas. Okay, why do you think that this is an issue? Do you think it's because of like a financial literacy? Okay, so for older people it's maybe loneliness and yeah. technological um lack of technological skills when it comes to identifying a scammer yeah. but for young people is I, it I, just greed i think there's the where the financial literacy in your like your day to day managing your finances mm. it's not there and it should be taught in school at least but like a lot of uh, young people not even aware that if you pay your credit card bills late you have a heavy interest uh, yeah people fee. don't think 16% that's high yeah. it's so high. and it's compounding that, and so it's compounding interest yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah a lot of people are not aware of that or uh, you know how a uh, higher purchase loan works mm. you know so oh shit i wasn't aware la. it's 8% every day <laughs> what sir And do you know that if you take yeah. longer, uh. you actually pay three times the price yes, for the exactly. car. Yeah, yeah. But yes, young yes. people just take the eight, ten yeah. years yeah. Because, because the, the monthly installment is so yeah. yeah. My monthly is so little. Why should yeah. exactly? But then it's like, should you even buy a car? Then yeah. you know, there if you're not. There are pros and cons to that. So lah, you know. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Available my cash. And the other part of it is okay. There's the financial literacy. I think that. Credit is really easy right now. Mm. Um, mm. It's so it's very easy to get a credit card. It's yeah. very easy to get a home loan and things like that. Uh, and 
which are good things depending like people maybe who could could not uh, otherwise afford these things mm. Mm. Uh, now have access to them but are they able to pay for it in the long run yeah. is the question right yeah yeah I, i like that point of the, it is a good thing because the law assumes that you will be able to mm. that if everything falls into place and everybody does their job correctly the bank gives it to somebody who can pay back yeah. not somebody who can't yeah, you know? yeah 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 that that's the assumption sorry you were saying no um yeah and uh, thirdly like every people have like this kind of ideal of what a uh, middle class like working life should mm. be you know mm. you you should uh have your own home you should have a car you should have a big uh, screen tv and yes. a nice phone and uh, i mean it's uh, it's bombarding us right through the media yeah. and and uh, exactly. through culture right and so we have a, an ideal like this is what we should have and not everybody is going to be able to afford that especially, especially when you just started working especially yes, when times yes. are tough Yeah, but it's so ingrained oh in us God, that we are not able point. to. Yeah, it's <laughs> sorry, my pen flew. For those who two points there, but yes, I want to talk about that the culture. Yeah. So even if you are financially literate, I mean, we all can learn about getting a credit card or hmm. a loan, but when you see people around you yeah. constantly taking photos on yeah, social yeah, yeah. media about For getting sure. a new house or whatever, how much do you think that becomes like peer pressure? Mm. What do you think? I I agree on that on that point. I also believe we're, <coughs> we're right now entering a phase of we're right now becoming a generation that we're normalizing debt, you know. Even mm. in terms of PTPTN, right? Yeah, How many people true. even pay their PTPTN loans that has the lowest interest you'll ever get yeah. from any financial institution, 1%. And that and you're also assuming that okay, if you get if you get good grades or if you get first class then it's um, it's free. Good, it's free. Yeah. That's great, but I don't know what the percentage of that is. Mm. So even that incentive for it to get free education isn't really there or doesn't really incentivize people so yeah. much. Mm. Most of the time they don't really even think how, about it. I mean people take PTPTN for various reasons, mm. whether it's to fund their the fees or mm. for their day-to-day amenities and so on. Um but even f- on that front we're going into a behavior where it's a 15-year loan, 1% interest, I have time I can yeah. I can survive with this that it won't impact my life so much but it does it can prevent you from going to another country flying overseas yeah, you can't go overseas it affects your credit you, score yeah, as well yeah. and then you know and as bamba said it's getting easier to get credit cards so it's like yeah you know it's like yeah this is debt but this is completely Normal. fine it's yeah, being normalized, normalized by institutions which i feel it's even how they market it so like you said um you can you can earn you can own a car for as low as 400 ringgit a month yeah. oh of course god. i mean it's only in their interest to to do so, to do so yeah. oh and my god you're so right sorry so, my mind is blown so two points um yeah can you imagine that means right thinking about it we have scholarships is one thing right you're you're bonded by service but going into university at like what 19 18 and yeah. having a huge debt already yeah. because ptptn is not hard to get Yeah. And then further this sort of like new rhetoric of like I'm entitled mm-hmm. to free mm-hmm. education. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to pay back this debt that I have. Then it's also about this psyche of like thinking that you don't deserve or like that you can run away from. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Debts. Like I think that whole thing is causing and it's so sad, you know, because PTPTN is such a good initiative. But mm-hmm. when people don't pay back, you have mon- less money in the coffers to provide to future students. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then the cycle just um 
continuous. So mm-hmm. you're absolutely right. Is this like, but is it bad to normalize that? Because we see that like in all progressive countries, that's what we're moving towards. Like I mean, in it's, America it's such a young well. age though. And at least if you're not, if you're, even if you have debt, but you're not teaching them to at least have a short, medium, long-term financial plan. Mm. Like there's no proper literacy given to us that, okay, for example, what if we were given a mandate or maybe advice that portion of the PTM money that you receive can mm. be put into a fund that actually accrues interest mm, that can pay off point, your yeah. loans. You know, things like that go into certain government-backed um, um, securities or whatever. Uh, not, not, not specifically that, even programs to learn how to uh, trade oh. on the mm. stock market. Oh yeah, that's like true. That. That's true. You know, this, this, there are these small things which also do matter. But I, I feel it's more of a top, bottom thing. Mm. But do you think then they shouldn't be given the option of taking PTPTN, or do you think that option should come with? It is an option, no. To but take PTPTN. as in like, yeah. as in like, do you think that option shouldn't be made available to them because they shouldn't have to make financial decisions at that age. Or do you think Ooh. that's that's even worse? I, I think no. I mean that PTPTN is also given based on need. Yeah, you, that's true. You know, it's it's funny. Like a lot of these things which burden um, mm. young people with debt, it's also because the government is quote unquote like trying to help them out. Mm. So like PTPTN is an example, right? Mm. It's basically uh, a lot of people use it in private university to go to private universities. But maybe, but it's possible like one of the results of that is that it's driving up the fees of yeah of of private education. Yeah, and mm. so like. Yeah, that's uh, a good point. not only do, does the loan become bigger and bigger as time mm. goes on, but also other people who who don't qualify for PTPTN or didn't take PTPTN, they are also paying more and more. And then you can make the same same argument about housing and uh, yeah, like, fair. You know, uh, when when you're trying to afford, um, make it easier for people mm. to buy homes, you you're also creating like more and more demand, right? So mm. like a lot of unintended consequences. Yeah, mm. that's true. That's mm. true. Actually, this is. It seems so innocent, this problem. Yeah. But it's probably, to me, the hardest one to solve. Because yeah. um, even if we provide that financial um, education, to what extent can they withstand the pressures of your peers doing well? To what extent does it um, will be up against your own loneliness? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So, but okay. What, what, what do you think, Teva? Do you think that we should have a concerted effort to have financial education in school itself. Mm, that's, you see, um, in that sense, I mean, how much can you teach a kid, right? That's the yeah. other concern, right? Like, yeah. you can only, yeah, in theory, like, well, I mean, I took economics also, <laughs> right? It's as if I applied any of it, honestly, like, mm. uh, to me, at least, my friends were the people who, who taught me some, some form of um, financial literacy, la. but, if you were to, if you were, to, let's say, if you were to put it in the education system, yeah. starting at thirteen, I don't know how much of it would be absorbed by these kids, and they would understand. Okay, this is what I should do. Mm. This is how I pay taxes. I, I don't know. It's I, a it's a trial thing, lah. I yeah. think you can get the basics in there, and yeah. like, you know, like you said, you're learning from your friends, right? If yeah. at least some of them pick it up, then you know, yeah. later on when it actually comes in handy, like you'll have people yeah. to turn to. A lot of young people don't have anybody to ask these questions Correct. to yes. because oftentimes their parents don't know, their friends don't know. Who, who do you ask? Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. What, what I get from this whole discussion is that this is not a one 
or one what plaster fix one size no. fit all yeah. like yeah. Mm-hmm. it depends on everyone it depends on the government it depends on your parents it depends on your peers yeah. it depends yeah. on you yourself because yeah. if it's like vaccine when one person refuses to do it then yeah. the it reduces the efficacy of the vaccine altogether you yeah. know yeah. so it is a huge issue that i think we all collectively can try and solve i guess wow guys all right so some big stuff Ooh, all right geez. but after the three rounds uh, we have all right my math is bad right. <laughs> we have yodin with 14 points bamba with 15 points and teva with 13 points so the ultimate pendulum very close by the way very close ultimate pendulum show uh pendulum on the pendulum show is bamba congratulations i'm presenting <laughs> his cooks <laughs> All right. I'm the number <laughs> one swinger. Here you get one <laughs> cook. And yes, I'm sorry, uh, Dave. <laughs> I am actually the winner. You are the winner. Uh, He's the one who's not okay. getting diabetes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he wins in the long term. <laughs> thank you so much, honestly. We really no, appreciate no, uh, it. Uh, thank you so much for being on the show. That was amazing. This is yeah, really fun. Really, yeah. yeah, I had a really good That was really fun, honestly. Talk. Like, oh my God, guys. Like, I'm just so surprised at the amount of information that you guys can share in one sitting. I mean, like, even though there are some things that I, I gave them, the facts that they read just today, like, everything else was just purely from your minds. And how old are you guys? You guys? 25. 25. Yeah. All right, guys. I hope this inspires all you millennials out there to also start speaking up on these issues because it is so important. Yeah, you know, we have a lot more young people talking about this and I feel like if more people were like you guys... Things like sex education, things like financial literacy is something mm. that we can solve in a day. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Honestly. So thank you so so much for being on this show and for our listeners out there, let me know if you think or you disagree that Mamba yeah. should have won. <laughs> or maybe we should have given them better prizes. <laughs> I'm good with the cook. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much guys for being on. Thank you so thank much. Thank you so much, man. Thanks.